welcome to Career Competitor, where we welcome guests to share insights that will light the fire within you to make a career of competing. Whether that be in your career, your business, your personal life, or simply within you. As the competitor within you might just be the greatest competition in your world. While I have you here, take the time to be rating the show, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to subscribe or follow the show on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. Finally, be sure to head to careercompetitor.com where you can learn all about what it is I offer within my executive coaching company and what it is I could potentially do to you as an individual or on behalf of you within your team and or organization. I would love the opportunity to connect with you, so be sure to reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com. That's steve at careercompetitor.com. But like I said, head to the website and be sure to check out everything that I offer and to learn more about how I can be of impact to you within your world. But for now, let's welcome in our guest for this episode of Career Competitor. Okay, on this episode of Career Competitor, we have a first. First and foremost, we have three guests, not one, not two, but three guests. Secondly, we have a returning guest. Um, And thirdly, we have really the beginning of a passion project for what I believe is something from where... The four of us that are going to be speaking with you today, and I'm about to introduce the other three guests that I have with me, where we're from, there's opportunity for growth and there's opportunity for a shift in perspective. And we're going to speak in about specifically why it is men need help. And the theme of this podcast is career competitor. We are here to compete and optimize performance at what we do. And at the core of that sometimes is the simplest action, which is that of accepting that you need help. And guys out there, I hate to, t- hate to be the one that tell you this, but we are probably the worst of the, of, the two gen- of the two sexes when it comes to what it means to ask for help. So I am just honored today to have my guests, and I'm going to go around. You guys can't see the circle, but I'm going to go around. I'm going to start with the guy that was recently on the show, Mr. Hayden Clark. Hayden, introduce yourself to everyone listening. Hey, everybody. My name's Hayden Clark. I represent Iron Tribe Fitness here in Baton Rouge. And we just try to elevate people's quality of life through fitness, nutrition, and accountability, trying to make hard things more palpable. Tyler, go ahead and introduce yourself. Dr. Tyler Boudreaux here, internal medicine physician at Our Lady of the Lake Men's Health Group. We try to deliver our requests and thoughts to patients in a palatable way and um, elevate their lives. And our final guest... Dr. Curtis Chastain, medical director of, of Lake Men's Health. Happy to have Dr. Boudreaux as my partner. And, you know, our job is to, we're trying to build a community of men who have decided that health is a priority as much as their, the success of their businesses or the success of their 401ks. You know, it's, it's getting them to understand and educate them that health is, health matters to them. Mm. Yeah, it's, First, just to bring listeners up to speed, the the, the four of us plus an onlooker, uh, Michael Hackett, who's with us in the room too, um, the five of us sat down way back in, I believe, November, December of 2022, and we started kicking around this idea of what it means to invest in men 
when it comes to the accountability system, the accountability structure that is required to truly start to make advancements when it comes to health, exercise, and lifestyle. And very quickly, we started to kick ideas around and we realized this is a potential collaboration within this group that can serve so many men on so many levels. Firstly, in a direct capacity here locally in Baton Rouge, but far, far beyond through this type of a conversation. So I'm really excited just to have this conversation to start what I hope will be a long, long process of investing in men and what it means to ask for help. But what I want to start here, uh, Curtis, I want to go to you first because something that you hit on right away there is this notion of investment. Like how, how a man needs to prioritize what it means to invest in himself. And you yep. immediately yeah. associated it with the financial side and the business. Talk to me a little bit about your experience of just simply getting men to understand that themselves is an investment that's very much worth making. Well, I mean, it's no secret. We come out of the shoot and we were, we're driven and competitive individuals. Mm -hmm. Everything is driving us to be this quote-unquote successful and you can define that in so many different ways, but we have historically chosen to define that as how much money do you make? Right. You know, where, what is your status in the company? What is your title? And those kinds of things. It's, it's, we've all gotten sucked into that where that becomes your primary focus, leaving off the reality that as you're pursuing and spending most of your time in that journey, you're forgetting about your own personal health and all the things that count. And look, man, Men get a bad rap. They said, you know, you said it earlier, we do a bad job. It is true that in general men do a, don't do as, as good of a job right. as women do. I mean, women are conditioned from the very beginning to start seeing their, their female doctors early sure. on. The business model of medicine is not set up for the, men, for the man who is actively seeking a successful career in business. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. It's just almost impossible for a guy to take two hours out of his day to go see a doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, Think about an hour's worth of travel time, an hour of, or 45 minutes of sitting in a waiting room, and then 15 minutes to see your doctor. You can forget about it. So I truly believe that a lot of men want to be healthy they want what we're talking about today mm -hmm. they just don't know how to get it yeah yeah and i i want to stay right there and pass it right over to you tyler because for, from your perspective and your experience when 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 men come into your office and they've they've obviously made that initial commitment like hey i'm i'm making the investment i'm here what is what is the best role that you're able to play then as their physician to be able to move that process along and get them to understand that it's just the beginning of the investment. Like getting into your office is one thing, but the many, many steps that come beyond that, like how do you start to have those conversations and how do you sort of see that part of the relationship starting to evolve in time? I think investment and role are great terms. And I feel like our position as men's health physicians is to be a consultant. Mm. It's not to you know, obtain this paternalistic perspective and to force feed guys information, tell them what to do. That's not going to work. Mm. And we need to be the consultant, offer information and work together how that's going to be integrated into their lives. You know, I see a lot of guys in their 30s and 40s, and that's really the rat race of life, I feel like, and myself being in that. And there's a lot of external factors in this world, and there's a lot of things that can distract us. Mm. Family, 
friends, work, what have you. And it's easy to put yourself to the side and lower on that totem pole. And so on the flip side, we see guys in their 50s and 60s who wish they had started this process earlier, who had invested in themselves 10 years ago. And they're trying to kind of undo things, unwrap things that probably or may not be able to be undone. So we try to set a good precedent, have many data points because many of us are objectively driven. Many of us are data point driven. So we like to have that on hand. We can compare numbers from the past and go forward and make an informed decision as far as their healthcare. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's already the, the sort of energy within this conversation. I'm, I'm getting, I'm, uh, the competitor in me is getting excited yeah. just about this conversation because it's, it's, it's the kind of conversation, like, you know, Tyler, for you to relate, uh, for you to associate, um, you know, measurables and data immediately. I'm, I'm looking at you, Hayden, and I'm thinking, okay, in your space, <laughs> it's all measurables. It's all data. It's all about, hey, I'm coming to you with this amount of fitness and with this amount of maybe, you know, extra weight that I want to, I want to get Absolutely. rid of. Um, when you start to think about the importance and the roles that measurables and data can play for a guy to take some of this ownership that these two guys are talking about, like how, how do you maybe start to bridge some of that within, within your relationships? Well, ironically, I had a conversation with a guy who was 56 uh, yesterday, and he was coming in interested to learn about what we do at Iron Tribe and to see if we'd be a good fit for him. And as we spoke and I got to learn more about what his needs were, why he was there, it was really clear to me he was a hard-charging entrepreneur. He has, has built a largely successful company, but he admitted to me, he totally has not taken care of himself. Mm -hmm. And he's at this position where he was climbing uh, a mountain last week in Mexico. And he said, for the first time in my life, I've climbed my whole life. I felt weak. I felt incapable. And there was a sense of fear that like overcame me that I've never felt. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm here. And one of the questions I ask is, how long do you think it would take you to get to the goals that you shared with me on your own? He said it's not possible i wouldn't be here otherwise like mm -hmm. so he was in, the first step you know he was uh admitting i hey i need the help uh so in a similar way i mean we're just consultants coming yep. alongside and one of his kind of hesitations to getting started was i'm a details guy i hmm. want to know i can point to anything in my business and i know if it's going to work how much money it's going to make me this that and the other how can you help me know that like I'm going to improve my body composition, my physical strength, that I'm actually going to feel better as a result of the time and effort that I'm going to be committing to you guys at Iron Tribe? And I, it's there's a plan. And I yeah. think that everybody, whether it's from an internal medicine standpoint or physically, the external, you need to have a clear plan. Mm -hmm. You need to have professionals helping you deliver that plan and you need accountability in the form of other people a community and or a coach so that's how we we, we really emphasize we're the leader in results-based fitness because nobody wants to come to a gym where they don't see change <laughs> so i mean i'm looking i mean hayden how long have we known each other you've been <laughs> whole, life, whole life i'm sitting here listening to you talk and i'm just coming out of my chair going <laughs> i want this guy because think about it you got him He's in this world. He's motivated. He's had a what we call a defining event. Sure. 
Okay, he's had an, uh, an epiphany, if you will, that says, I'm not where I need to be. Now you've got him in your hands and you're gonna do your thing. He wants nutritional counseling, he wants physical counseling. I'm sitting here listening, but what is his fasting blood sugar? What does his <laughs> cholesterol look like? And that's where when we got together this first time, mm. look at the complimentary oh, yeah. uh, impact that we can have together with this virtual man that we're talking about sure. at, at, at this discussion. Sure. What could we do together for that individual? To optimize. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. We've got the data on the clinical side. We look at his his, his blood sugar, his lipids, we look at, and then we, our sort of deficiency, if you will, we don't have the finisher, the finisher piece. Mm -hmm. So let's say we sit down with an individual and we go through his blood sugar, we go through his blood pressure, we get him all fine-tuned from a medical standpoint, right? and he needs a workout plan, and he needs nutritional. We don't do that very well. Mm -hmm. And that's where we need to be able to toss it to you. Right. Conversely, you've got this guy that's sitting there saying, <laughs> I want physical, I want nutritional. You're saying, but do you know what your blood sugar is? Right. You need, you need this medical thing. Yeah. And that's yeah. where the, the, we med the medical we should world be doing this together. and the, <laughs> the, the, the fitness world, are they're disassociated at the moment. And There's not a lot of relationship. It's that way in all of medicine. And that's right. why, going back to our original statements, it's so difficult for men to get momentum right. when it comes to healing himself because mm. it's just too difficult to navigate the system. But if we had some sort of... Absolutely. I mean, another example, a guy that I spoke with yesterday... He was more than interested, is excited to come in and meet. He has a, a doctor's appointment with his orthopedist, who I don't know who that is. I don't really ask those questions, but more or less I said, look, we like to work with physicians. Mm. There are things that are outside of our scope that we cannot help you solve. There's problems where that's where y'all come in and y'all are able to run panels Look at data points that our $10,000 body composition scanner can never tell them that they need to know. And so that they can have the confidence that the decisions they're making with us are actually helping both their physical and internal. Something, something Curtis, you said right at the, the outset here was that of the, the way that men, for the most part, we, we've shaped this identity for what success is supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like. And we've met, we've used that through measurements that are financial or the size of our house or whatever it might be for far too long. And when you think about some of these, these examples, Hayden, that you're providing here in terms of people that come into your gym and people that present these sort of situations and Curtis, the way you get excited about hearing the way you know, the, the opportunity, if you will, for you to get involved and for you to have an impact. As I hear the two of you sort of get excited about this very notion, I'm sat here and I'm thinking, are men having these same internal conversations and they're just, they just cannot, for whatever reason, figure out how they make what success should be defined by? How do they make that a priority? Because as again, this this circle right here this is a group of men that prioritize all the things that we're talking about, and we're so we're so willing to prioritize it that we're willing to have a conversation about it for others to listen to. But my point is, when you 
when you start to think about those ideal clients or those people that absolutely need to be investing in what we're talking about, what is it that's preventing them from sort of being able to define, hey, listen, I should be seeing success for me through the lens that we are providing here in this discussion? Well, a lot of it has to do with how they define success. You know, that old saying, start with the end, Mm -hmm. you know? And so many times... I'll get a guy in my office and he's struggling, he's struggling. And I'll say, look, let me ask you a question. Have you ever, have you ever written a business plan? Most guys in, in our world have done a business, have written out a business plan. True. They, and so they'll say, oh yeah, I've done a bunch of them. I said, you are your next business plan. Mm-hmm. You are John Smith LLC, your business plan. This is your new company. You are going to write a business plan for your company. It's going to start with a mission statement. It's going to start with strategies, objectives. You're going to write it as if you were your next company. Because think about it. This is the most important company that you could possibly have for yourself, your family, and your business and your employees. Mm-hmm. If you put it in those terms, it's familiar to them. They know how to do that. Yeah. And when they get lost, they can pull out that business plan and look at it and re- remind themselves, I need to be doing 35 minutes of walking every day. I need to be, you know, eating, you know, no more than 2000 calories a day, whatever it is that, mm-hmm. that Hayden and Tyler and I can help him objectively figure out what these goals, appropriate goals and strategies should be. Because mm-hmm. a lot of guys come in and they, you know, I got a 245 pound guy is never going to weigh 190 pounds. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Nor, Probably should he. Sure. So we got to make sure that his goals in, in his mind are correct goals. And I think yeah. that's where healthy we goals. can really yeah. go. Healthy goals. Yeah. Healthy goals. And I want to make, I want to make this generational for a second because I, uh, I, I love that about your partnership is that there is, there's a, not to age you, Dr. Chester, but there's a generational gap here, right? Yeah. And I love it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Tyler is so smart. He is so smart and he relates so well to the younger crowd. Well, that's what I was getting to is that for, for me, this space that we're, oper- we're, we're, we're discussing right now, it's very, it, it's very representative of where we are today is that, you know, here I am, uh, I'll be 40 in a couple of years. And I almost feel as though the generation that surrounds myself is this generation that's open to evolving with the times and having more open, transparent, vulnerable conversations about themselves in a way that certainly my father's generations were not and probably still don't. So I'm curious for you, Tyler, like where do you maybe see, because we're talking a lot about maybe some of the issues and the problems right now, but I want to get a little bit more positive here. Like where do you see the positive trends maybe associated with our age demographic, for instance. You know, Curtis and I talk about it all the time. As guys, we grew up and playing sports, going through life, we're taught to rub dirt in it, probably from our dads and uncles Mm. and things like that. And basically, you have something happen to you, you get over it and you keep on going. Well, those things tend to be cumulative. They build with you, they stay with you. And I feel like a lot of our goals are to work out and eat right. That way we can avoid doctors. That's not always the case. You can't look at someone and tell me how much muscle mass that they have, but then also tell me what their glucose is, what their blood pressure is, you know, what their risk of heart disease is. It just, mm-hmm. they're not, they don't coincide all the way. It's not one-to-one ratio there. Mm-hmm. I wish it was, but it's not. And so at some point we have to be realistic. And I think at this point, the cat's out of the bag. We know the risk factors for heart disease. 
and we know what to look for in familiar cancers and things like that. And we know the things that are probably going to take us out. I think it's more of an open conversation nowadays with probably social media and people posting pictures and experiences and things like that. Um, I feel like as guys, we tend to talk amongst ourselves a little more than probably what our father's generation did. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's maybe a product of social media, but really being realistic. You know, um, with all the medical technology that we have nowadays, we can have pretty good insight into what we're going to look like in the next 10, 15, 20 years. And using those technologies and lab results and data points and things like that, I think it behooves us to use them to our advantage. And if our buddies are on the sidelines not using them, you really nudge them in the in the ribs and get them in, in, in the game. Yeah. And I, I would just add to what you're saying as someone who's 32, what I see happening and with just sitting here with you guys, there's not many physicians that at – six o'clock on a Tuesday night in Baton Rouge are willing to come and have an open discussion on a podcast to get push the conversation forward about how internal medicine is so vitally important for all men, no matter what age they are. Uh, so I think it's cool. Uh, I don't think I, I'm not, I don't know of any other physician. I could be wrong. There might be another <laughs> podcast going on right now, but stuff like this, I think is pushing this message forward. I want to go back to something Tyler said and something you said, Steve. I think society and social media is trying to define for us what a man is supposed to look like. Hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Sure, what I'm absolutely. Saying? So it puts a guy in a very vulnerable situation where he wants to keep quiet because he doesn't look like that guy, hmm. doesn't feel like that guy seems to feel, so he keeps his mouth shut. And he doesn't say anything. So here's a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you two things. So here's a typical conversation of a guy coming into my office on any given day. Hey, Doc, look, before we get started, I know I need to lose weight. And I go, I'm not so sure that that's true. And he said, they say, well, what do you mean? I go, well, I'm not sure you need to lose weight. Why do you need to lose weight? And they say something like, well, because losing weight makes me more healthy. And I look over at his lab work and it's all normal Ooh. i go well, i'm looking at all your all your blood work blood sugar's normal cholesterol's normal why do you need to lose weight and you can just see the frustration in his face and he's going because because i, I, I go come on come on i said let me ask you a question are you making good money yes did your wife love you yes so why do you need to lose weight he goes because I just don't like the way I look in the mirror. I, and, and I start clapping. Right. I go, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Now you've found your why. There you go. Why do you want to be healthy? Because fill in the blank. So I think it starts with that. Why are you here? Mm. Because I want to be healthy. Let's define what health looks like. Mm. Now, look at me, Steve. Look pretty healthy, right? Yes, you do. My BMI is less than 25. Um, now, anyone looking at me would say, dude, you are you must work out every day. True. I take three blood pressure pills, not one, not two. I take three different blood pressure pills to control my blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Thanks, mom and dad. It's not my fault. <laughs> okay. But the yeah. point is, I'm being vulnerable enough to say that right here on this microphone. Yeah. Everybody needs to be okay mm -hmm. with having high blood pressure or having high cholesterol. 
it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. We can, Tyler and I can help you with that and should help you with that. And that's what you were saying or someone was saying earlier about being a consultant. Yeah. That's how we can help you. Yep. But it starts with being okay with not being okay. Yes. And not being perfect right. as you see it out there in social media. Because I'm telling you, what you see, what Tyler said, what you see is not it's not always true. It's not. It's not, no. And, and, and for me, operating in my space now, the, one of the first things I get to the core of as an executive coach is that of someone's why. Because at the end of the day, my job is to remind them of said why when they are truly getting off track. Sure. You know, that, that, is, that is the time where you start to say, listen, you came to this for X reason, and at this moment, you're not operating towards that. You're not respecting that. And you told me that that's why you wanted to do this work. And that's what I enjoy now about what I do in contrast to when I was a swim coach is that as a swim coach, I just tell people what to do no matter how they feel. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, we need to swim fast and we've only got two hours to train and practice. We're going to get in and we're going to figure this out and let's go, let's go, let's go. Whereas now this space that the, the, the three of you are operating in I now feel a connection to in the sense of the work that is done by the people that walk into your respective offices and mine, all that work is done outside of our offices. You know, we're we're consulting them for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, but the work is taking place for the hours and hours and hours outside of, of that time when we're seeing them. This episode of Career Competitor is supported by Juice Plus. Everything we embody on the show comes back to investing in your optimal self. And one way to ensure you are investing in your health correctly is with Juice Plus. My family and I have benefited from Juice Plus for over a year now. So I've seen firsthand how their products impact a person and why the science behind their products is backed by over 40 peer-reviewed scientific publications. Specifically, the Juice Plus plant powder capsules are a way to complement your diet by providing added nutrition from 30 different fruits, vegetables, and berries, plus a blend of omega fatty acids sourced from plants, seeds, and algae. Whether it's the capsules, their bars, their chewies that my kids are obsessed with, or their shakes that I simply cannot finish a workout without, there's something for everyone. I'm so sure of the impact Juice Plus can have on you and your family that the folks at Juice Plus let me set up my own webpage. So head to stevemeller.juiceplus.com. That's my name, stevemeller.juiceplus.com to explore their products and learn more about why Juice Plus can be the bridge between what you should eat and what you do eat every day. I'm just curious, especially from the exercise side of things, Hayden, like, where do you see, and let's be positive here, where do you see the success stories come from in terms of the pieces being put into place away from the time at the gym? Um, this guy comes to mind because I was talking with him yesterday. <laughs> He's been a member for two and a half years. He's lost nearly 100 pounds very gradually, healthily, through just simple lifestyle adjustment, something that he's happy with and... What I, mean, what I mean by that is there are a million and one plans if I just handed them over to somebody. They would no doubt lose weight. They would get stronger. They would be in better cardiovascular shape. 
but they may hate themselves <laughs> and it may not be something they'll stick with. And so then you have the famous yo-yo diet or you could apply that to their own fitness routine. I think the people that are most successful that come in our doors, they, they kind of look at the end in mind and, and they're not so quick to quit when there's challenges in life that present themselves they're taking the long view. It's a marathon. I'm, 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 I'm making little small investments. I'm going to show up to Iron Tribe three times this week. I'm going to eat three full meals with decent and adequate protein. And I may measure if that's where I'm at with my fitness goals. I may not, but at least I've, I've consumed enough water today. I've, I've, I've stuck with some semblance of a plan and, and it's, it's, palpable for them it's doable and they enjoy it and um so little by little i think it's it's stacking bricks it's it we, we've had people who've come in off the street no fitness regimen no education around what a protein what protein is what carbohydrates are what fats are how your body digests them anything like that most people don't care about any of that they really don't they mm-hmm. may just want to feel better mm-hmm. period And I think uh, you can prescribe a lot of things to people that certainly might work, but it's a little overwhelming and it's a little unrealistic. So we just try to help people build a lifestyle of health that they believe in and that they enjoy. So I think that's what And there's a simplicity to everything you're talking about. But what's not simple is remaining committed to that long-term vision. That's the hard part. Mm -hmm. The the day-to-day stuff, if fueled by that long-term stuff, becomes simple but that is the hard part is when we become detached from that long-term goal right and i'm, I'm just curious tyler when when you are working with patients that you know listen based on this information we've got here there are positive solutions but all of it's going to take time all of it's going to take time how do you approach those conversations where you know patience is going to be an essential part of the process first off Curtis and I both trained in the hospital, and whenever I see patients in the hospital, that's when I need to take control, and that's when I need to direct the care. And there's a time and a place for that, and hopefully we don't get to that point. And that's what I love about the clinic so much. It's almost like a a step back. You get to formulate a plan. You get to get to know someone in the clinic, and maybe that's 30 minutes, 45, an hour, what have you. And you get to grow with that person in that time period. One, they're already probably motivated enough to come see you. So that's a win already. So that's Mm -hmm. a benefit over the inpatient side of things. Whenever I have a conversation with a patient about where we're going, if we need to make changes, it really comes down to follow-up time. You know, we can make a change, but you have to know your audience. If you can tell that patient's not going to take that medication, they're not buying into it, well, then I need to take a step back and I need to resell it or maybe reconvince them or show them more data as to why I'm thinking the way I am. And, you know, reinvigorate that consultation aspect of things. And if I make a change, I need to know what's the timeline of the expected change. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of guys that want to come in once a year. Some guys that fits, a lot of guys that doesn't. And some guys want to come in every six months. Really, in, our, in my world, from my perspective, if I'm making a big change, I need to see that guy back in three months. Because a lot of stuff can happen in the six-month time period. So if I'm actively making a change in the clinic, I'm getting that guy back pretty quick. And in my mind, three months is pretty quick. That's an effective time, but not six months. And so that way you keep the rapport with the patient. 
you continue to know your audience and then they can buy in with you. Yeah. You go ahead. I just had a question for you guys, just as it relates to this kind of big picture. You've kind of touched on this a little bit, but when somebody who is in good physical condition, healthy BMI, uh, low body fat, healthy lean body mass, they work out regularly, they eat really well. What what's the pitch for them as to why they still need to be taking into consideration their internal health? Because that's we deal with all spectrums of fitness yeah. levels, but. I certainly think there's this notion that, oh, if I have it all good on the outside and I'm eating well, then all is good, which clearly is not true. And I know that, but I just, I want our listeners to. You you don't know how many times you can see a guy that looks perfect. When the data, back to data, comes out, he's not perfect. Again, I reference me, you know, having, who would know that I have high blood pressure and have to take three pills but one comes to mind we have a a, when we go searching for coronary artery disease everybody thinks golly if you have high cholesterol you got heart disease or if you have low cholesterol you're good Tyler and I have been in so many situations where you get an individual in that's got a beautiful looking cholesterol who looks fantastic we do a heart scan on them and they're eaten up with coronary disease, three-vessel mm-hmm. coronary. And I'm not just making this up. This is not one or two things. Mm-hmm. I am telling you, as I'm sitting here right now, you can no more look at a man who looks like you're telling me that he looks and tell what his blood sugar, what his cholesterol, what his data looks like mm-hmm. than the man on the moon. Cannot do it. Right. Any more than you can look at somebody. Separate. It, yeah. No more than you can look at somebody and look at what they're wearing. Now tell me how much money he makes <laughs> or tell me what religion he is right you cannot do it you need data you have to have data and Tyler has referred to this data is what drives everything data is what drives change mm-hmm. data is what gives us the comfort to know that we have arrived at a good place or we're going in a bad direction. you've got to have the data and if you're reluctant to come I mean you guys run your business right sure, sure. would you ever consider running your businesses and never Look at a set of financials. <laughs> Absolutely Would you? No. no. No, you can't do it. Right. Neither can we. Yeah. We cannot have an opinion about your health without a set of, of health data. So your point is, how does it happen? It happens every day that we yeah. see people that look very, very healthy and on paper their data looks bad. You don't know until you know. Yeah. Yeah. This episode of Career Competitor is supported by Fresh Junkie. A big part of having a competitive edge over the competition is simply ensuring you feed yourself correctly. And sometimes it's the really obvious information you already know that you should be paying attention to. Just eat more salads. Fresh Junkie is a world where healthy food and incredibly fast, friendly service combine in concert for a food experience unlike any other. For most of the last two decades, Fresh Junkie has been the healthy food option to people of Baton Rouge that are serious about their health and nutrition. So to my people of Baton Rouge, I don't want to hear any more about not having any healthy food options. Get over to Fresh Junkie today and try out one of their delicious salads from their wide ranging menu. 
The Brickhouse Salad happens to be my personal favorite, and in no time, it will be your personal go-to option for a fast and healthy lunch. Fresh Junkie, eat right, live big. While we're talking here, there's almost this, uh, we're, we're almost creating a, a, a way of defining success as a, you know, an appetite for data. You know, like how, how resourceful do you want to live in pursuit of data? Like how much can you know about yourself? Because through that data, you're bringing it all the way back to what this podcast is about. You talk about being competitive, acquire data. Yeah. Well, the problem, go, back to the beginning of this podcast, the problem at the very beginning, and it's in your world too, is how does a guy get to the data mm-hmm. because all of the roadblocks that are between him and the data have created a situation where he goes, screw it. I'm not doing it. I don't have time. I'm not doing it. And therefore the data never gets collected. And what we've done in, in our world is we've correct created extreme, I call it extreme access mm. in our world. Our membership has extreme access to come in, to collect data, they're in, they're out, and that's where the membership comes in. And mm-hmm. and it's just a different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. But we can get your data turned around in an hour. Sure. And I know you're like that too. Well, and, and just to add to that, I'm sure it's not just the delivery of the data, it's the explanation of what the data actually means and helping the layperson understand, what do I do with it now? Right. And I, I think sometimes it, that's the missing puzzle piece, both in fitness and in medicine, it's, I've got the data, I just did this in-body scan, it tells me that I have 30% body fat, or whatever it may be, now what do I do with that? Like, why is that helpful for me to know? And and most people, it's just like, you go through the cycle of life, and you hear this data, it may not be good, but you don't know why it's not good, you don't but know we, what to but do But we don't it. think twice about going to a financial planner, right, right. and sitting down with a financial planner, right. about yeah. our about where we are in our 401ks, and, and, and can we retire? Yep. But you just don't normally think about going to see Tyler. <laughs> and you can't find that out in five minutes. It right. takes 30 minutes, 45 right. minutes at the very least to figure it out. Because we can prescribe stuff all day long. But if we don't instill the confidence that it's going to work, if we don't explain the why, that patient's not going to take it when they come back to see us in six months. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite things about what I'm doing now is that, and I'm very transparent about this with all clients, is... My goal within every time I meet with someone, how do we have one revelation? How do we have one awakening where when you walk away from this session, you've learned something that were we not to have had this session, you would not have been aware, made aware of. And we're all speaking about that in a way. We're all, we're, all, we're all saying like, listen, by making an initial investment, you're positioning yourself to be resourceful towards information that can make you more competitive, that can give you a longer lasting, more functional life and i want to get to this as we sort of move towards the sort of latter part of this conversation now is this topic of purpose because at the heart of everything that we're talking about the likelihood of you being more resourceful in acquiring this data in making sure you've you've got memberships like the ones that uh, you guys are providing to people purpose can fuel all of this with the right purpose so hayden i'm curious like when how about you speak from just your perspective here in terms of what is it that drives your purpose to to serve people in the way that we're talking about here? That's what the four of us yeah. do. We serve people towards really embracing and optimizing purpose. So speak speak from that from your perspective. 
Well, I mean, it's pretty simple for me. I believe God gives everybody a vocation. And it's something that you're good at that he wants you to help others become good at. Or in some cases, or that is the case for me, it's I had a passion for fitness and, and, and wellness. And I want to be a good steward of, I want to be a good steward of my, my fitness and wellness. How can I help other people do that? And I think that's, that's really my purpose is I get excited when something that has been impactful for me gets transferred to somebody to my left and the right, and it changes their life. There's nothing more rewarding than walking out of the gym and a member stopping me and say, hey, you, you may not know me, I'm so-and-so, but I've been a member here for six months. This is how you've changed my life. That, that's my purpose. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, obviously, um, I think we all have a purpose in that way. And it's just a matter of how are we stewarding it? How are we reminding ourselves through the, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, life, and everything that it, it's, that's what should remain central. It's, this is a gift. I yeah. mean, what I get to do is a, and it's, it's it, it, yeah, and, and you know, what I hear is that you take ownership of that purpose. You take an accountability for that purpose. You you have an honor about that purpose. And you know, Curtis, you mentioned before, and I know this is part of you guys' practice is that as you as you laid out this notion of having a business plan for yourself. And I feel like this conversation, what we're trying to do at the heart of it is how do you how do you encourage someone to own their purpose in a way where they see services such as the ones that you guys provide is just this is what you got to do this is what i've got to do in order to really optimize and really take make the most of my purpose i think i think the average guy out there dreams of retirement mm-hmm. and he dreams of longevity so with retirement, you sit down and you, you work through your financial things and you can decide whether you can retire or not based on some pretty simple metrics. In, in mine and Tyler's world, longevity is a little bit harder to define. What is longevity? But everybody wants it. I want to live as long as I'm supposed to live, assuming I have a quality of life. Okay? Can we do that? Sure, we can do that. Along that journey, there are four things that are trying to disrupt that 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 quest, if you will. It's heart disease, cancer, accident, other. Well, other we can't really, that would be like COVID or sure. Lou Gehrig's disease. Accident, can't pre- predict whether you can get hit by a car or not. It really boils down to two things, heart disease and cancer. So as I'm looking at this guy, I feel that, and I know Tyler feels this way too, it becomes our purpose to break this out into simple terms. Your big threat is heart attack and or cancer. And for the most part, if we take the time to work through the, the detail, the data, we look at your family history, we look at your lab work, we look at it, we can put you in one of those two categories mm-hmm. most of the time. You're a heart guy, you're a cancer guy. It's rarely both. Mm-hmm. Once you have that information, everything that we are going to do is now going to be to disrupt that threat in your life Mm. whether it's getting your cholesterol under control getting your blood pressure under control identify that threat and take it away but it 
and, and I didn't come up with this, not on my own, but I feel like that's my purpose with every single encounter that I have with a guy coming in looking for longevity. We've got, my purpose becomes find your threat. Hmm. Which one is it? That's a, that's an, that's an approach right there. Like, you know, when you talk about accountability, half the time, half the challenge with actually enforcing accountability is disrupting threats. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, the reason we struggle with accountability is not because of what we're, we're able to do, but what we're not willing to do more often than not. And I think back to purpose that I found and learned about 10 or 12 years into my medical career that the traditional business model of medicine did not help me do th those things. Right. But I was waking up every day saying, why are we not finding the guy that's supposed to have the heart attack instead of just treating heart attacks? Yes. Now, obviously, there, we need cardiologists and people that treat heart attacks. But I, I wanted to go one step further and find that guy and, and never let that happen. Mm. The way the traditional business model of medicine is set up is not, does not help me do that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I had to break out and come up with this new plan. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And Tyler, I'm just, as we start to wrap up here, like I'm, I'm curious just from your perspective as the two of you operate within your practice, you know, how are you guys assessing your own performance now in terms of the impact that you're having within this space? Because you talk about data and, uh, you know, measurables, or, you know, Louisiana doesn't fall very high on any health you know, great. Let's put it that way. You guys are operating in a an environment that his, history would say is resistant to a lot of the stuff that you guys provide. So with that being said, how are you guys assessing performance and the impact that you guys are having in the community? I think there's two ways to answer that question. Mm -hmm. One of which is to look how many guys we impact on a yearly basis. Mm -hmm. So we look at our numbers and our, our data points ourselves. And we have seen, you know, last year we almost grew 30%. And so that is us spreading word, us spreading information to more patients and more guys and more families. And there's a lot of downstream effects of that that we're proud of. Another thing that we look at is um, patients' data points. And so we, we can follow how many guys have other colonoscopies and how many guys are at goal of their blood pressure. And so we do have, you know, a highly powerful medical record system that can track that information for us. And I can look and go see how many of my guys haven't had their up-to-date screenings. Cool. And so we can pull that information and give a call out to those guys. I think from Cur Curtis would probably say the same thing. We are more than happy if we see a guy once in a year. I will be honest, from my experience, that rarely ever happens. A guy seems to be pretty healthy, signs up maybe hesitantly or positively, and they think they're going to be on the one-year plan. Almost, like I said, rarely ever does that happen. Something comes up. And really the phrase is, you don't need us until you need us. Mm. And then we find that guys then start to get attached to us in a great way because they like to feed off of us, give us feedback, and we benefit from that perspective. People so it's like, not just the number of visits. It's yeah. the guys that we're impacting. People like results. People like you know, achievements for I'll sure. I'll tell you one other way we know that we've been impactful is we have fun. <laughs> we really have fun in our practice and our guys come to us and it is a it's light it's open it's it's so much fun every day and tyler and i get to interact with each other it's, you know two or three times a day we'll get together and i'll say hey i got this case come take a look at this and it's just yeah. medicine has become fun again yeah. and and our friend michael hackett 
even says, you know, what your, this practice has done is it allows, uh, it, it allows medicine to become cool. Mm. And it's cool to go to the doctor. That's what he said. <laughs> it, it's become cool to go to the doctor again. And that's what I think that when you're talking about how do we measure ourselves mm. is how much fun do we have every day. Yeah. And we have a lot of fun. No, I, and there's no doubt about that. And even the statistics that I was referencing to with Louisiana from a health standpoint, you know, that's the culture. And you guys have created a community. And I think that's what's key. And, and Dr. Chastain, you mentioned that at the outset. That's what we're collectively trying to do here within this conversation is create a community for these types of conversations uh, to occur. And one thing I do want to acknowledge uh, is that this is going to be the first of many conversations. We are already in talks of how we're going to do something in early May here in Baton Rouge uh, at an Iron Tribe location. Is that about right? Does that that's sound right. good? Yeah. And um, we're going to get in front of some curious, hungry guys in every sense of the, the terms will we'll be putting on a performance in the sense of just providing this type of information and creating a community where we can have these conversations. And when we talk about men needing help, we're going to break those, the four letters down of, 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 of that word help, of, of health, of exercise, of lifestyle and purpose. And we've covered all four quite organically here today without even trying to uh, you know, fit it all in. And, and so for me, uh, I'm excited to be a part of this and for us to be having this conversation and creating this community. But before uh, I let any of you guys go, in a sentence or two, I'll give you at least two sentences, um, please just provide our listeners some insight as to what it is that prioritizing their health, prioritizing their, their exercise, prioritizing their lifestyle, what it can truly do for them because I actually love something that you said there, Tyler, the downstream effect of investing this sort of thing. It's not just the individual who's walking in the office. It's the spouse that they walk home to. It's the children that they have waiting for them at home. So in any order, whoever wants to go first, you know, please share with me just maybe in a sentence or two, you know, what you feel as though all of these topics that we've discussed today are really doing for people. I always say your health pays dividends into every aspect of your life mm. every aspect without it you don't have a whole lot so it should be one of the most central things that you focus on mm -hmm. and I tr we try to help people do that yeah so perfect mine would be one be a realistic mm -hmm. and the best time to invest was yesterday so let's start today <laughs> well I think for for me what I think I can sum it up in one word, contentment. Men seek contentment in their, in their health as much as they do in their business area. They just, that's what they're looking for. And I think that that's what, I think that's what most men are looking for. Yep. They just want to be, they want to check it off the list and say, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Help me know that I'm good. Yeah. Well, if you haven't taken something from this episode, you've not been listening. <laughs> you know, it's, this is the type of, uh, this is the type of discussion and conversation that if I could have dreamt this up five years ago when I started this podcast, this would have been an idea that I would have loved to have gotten to. And we're here now. We're having these discussions. It's important to the four of us. It's so important to me. Uh, I'm so glad that we got to do this. I want to thank my good friend, Pat Fellows, for hosting us at Fresh Junkie. For those of you in Baton Rouge, if you need somewhere to go for a quick lunch and to ensure that you are covering everything that we've talked about within this episode as well, Fresh Junkie is your place to go and do that. My thanks to Curtis, to Tyler, to Hayden for joining me on the show today. And I really appreciate you guys. So thanks so much for doing this. Thank you, Steve, for having yeah, us. Thank you. Thank you.
And there you have it. Men need help. The interview, the discussion, if you will. Delighted to have had Dr. Curtis Chastain, Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, and Hayden Clark join me for that discussion. I hope you took from it a similar intensity as we felt when we were having it. The energy in the room was real. We were all excited. I love being able to tell you that None of it was rehearsed. In fact, probably just even just a couple moments before we even press record, the guys were asking, like, what are, what are we doing? Like, what's, what's the real message we're trying to get across here? So to say that that was as organic as organic comes is an understatement. That was just four guys with the right intentions towards health, exercise, and lifestyle. And we are truly fueled with a purpose to optimizing our own lives within those three spaces, but laying a foundation here in a conversation like this where others can connect to a similar mission and a similar vision. And while this is about men specifically, the reason is is because men, quite frankly, we just suck at asking for help. We're not good at it at all, which is why... I just want to say it loud and clear that we need help and that we can ask for help. And it's time that we started having open discussions about what help can look like. And for me to be able to break it down into four concepts like health, exercise, lifestyle, and purpose is, some may say, just a a marketing approach to getting a good message across. But as far as I'm concerned, if you can master or at least strive to master those four elements of of health, exercise, lifestyle, and purpose within your life, then you're onto a winner. You're doing a lot of things right, and you're certainly going to move towards that optimal self and deliver optimal performance in what you do. But before I forget, I was alluding to it there right towards the end of the conversation is that we will be having a live event May 11th, 6.30 at the Iron Tribe location on Perkins here in Baton Rouge. So anyone listening to this in Baton Rouge, you should know exactly which road Perkins is, and you should be able to locate the Iron Tribe that is on that road as well. But the most important part of this is the fact that you will need to sign up. This will be a highly anticipated and attended event. We will be limiting it. We're not sure as to how many just yet, but it will be limited. And the entire evening will be geared towards the very message that you heard here in a panel discussion between myself and the same three guys that joined me for this episode as well. We're going to give you opportunities to ask questions, but there's also going to be some food and drinks brought into the event as well, a few sponsors. It's going to be a whole occasion, and I cannot wait to bring this to the Baton Rouge area as just what I hope to be the first of many steps towards increasing an awareness towards help, health, exercise, lifestyle, and purpose four men in the area and hopefully throughout the state and hopefully even beyond that as well so those of you in baton rouge be sure to be keeping an eye out for that announcement of everything you need to know about attending that event but if you're still listening to me my gosh i appreciate it we're almost at the hour mark it's certainly an extended episode but it was all worthwhile so i truly appreciate your time and your attention if you like i said are still listening at this point be sure to give me a rating on the way out. Click that fifth star if you listen to us on Apple. And in the meantime, best of luck, as always, with anything and everything that you've got going on within your world. And I look forward to doing this all again 
with you very soon. Bye for now.